0: thought for today myself personally wonders if race actually or the colour or tone or just who I am um, just making a difference makes a difference to people sometimes because although I created a platform what tends to happen is somebody else will go off and create another one and so the concept is becoming about let's all chase their dream and that's great because I think you should but I think at the end of the day unless you pull people on your platform for the same aim then sometimes your work struggle is completely uh, longer harder Uh, but when I look at how long I've been doing it um, doing my group suicide prevention I have to say what am I doing wrong, what's the problem, is it the title, Um, is it my shade of colour, I am the only one uh, of a, well that is the thing, that is the, that's the issue, I am the only person on my group as a mixed race person doing lives, there is no other female on my group that do lives of any other skin shade apart from if I invite people in to do those lives. So this is my research because it's really particular that, really bizarre how the deterrent, my, my level of people that uh, follow me are majority of them are white people. And then when I see all the other groups, that I've been invited to, suffering, saying there's no help for mental health out there. But here I am as a group in front of your face. Here I am as a service in front of your face. It's almost like I'm seen. That's as far as it's a quick glance. That's as far as they will go. The pride will come before they come and ask me for help. Is this because of the complexion of my skin? for black people, I have to say, I'd like to think it's not a matter of color, but research, the research part of it, what I'm doing, demonstrates that I have more white people than I do have black people be on board of suicide prevention. Um, and I suppose that's what we're solely about. So I, I feel that my workload is doubly hard to reach within the black community. It's very difficult to reach within the black community. And one I feel that they see me, they know what I do, but they turn a blind eye and still complain that there's no support for mental health, which is hypocritical when I stand in front of them. I find this behavior uh, a very common factor. Um, amongst different cultures because I'm a different shade, a different skin tone, I find that I am treated indifferently. Um, It's not until we spend time or have a conversation with uh, somebody of a darker skin shade than myself where I understand where some of these um, issues occur and, and it wouldn't be because of me, of course not. It's something about learned behavior, because remember, I don't know these people. So it's something about something they have issues with and something they will have to work on. Um, does it offend? It just makes me work harder. And that's all I've ever had to do is work twice as hard. Um, I often hear a black man say, I have to work twice as hard in the community no matter what, which tends to be quite a true statement. But I have to work just as hard, if not harder, to be accepted in both communities. So I have to adapt a certain tone of language when talking to certain individuals and it's a bit like a camellia. It changes depending on the individual you're speaking to and also on the skin tone that you are speaking to. And by myself, definitely. But I know where I can joke in a certain language, love language, and where I can't joke because they may not be accustomed to it. That's my thought for today. Um, I'm just going to document these little thoughts as I go um, because it's it's still part of research and what I'm noticing I met some beautiful people, Um, and it's it's about really not looking at the numbers. It's about looking to find like-minded with the same aims and the same direction. So, on that note, that's my thought for today. Thank you. I'm Kerry Muscinton. I am not ashamed of who I am. This is my voice. Good evening, how are you? I had to uh, find some stability (laughs) on the network. Okay. uh, Great. Thank you for um, talk time, open talk time. All right, fire away at me.
1: (laughs) No, I was going to say, I'm not going to fire
0: anything away at you in in any
1: way, shape or form. I... I know that you want to express where it is you are and how it is that you're feeling. Like you said, this is open, so this is your opportunity or our opportunity to share. So, at this okay. moment in time, I'm sort of in a, a listening space. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm um, at a point. Um, obviously, I'm. It doesn't matter what position in life somebody can be. I'm an individual that has my own battles in life with relationship, friendships and even business. (laughs) So there's always a struggle there, let me change the words, there has been a struggle there in the past and when there's relationship difficulties in the past, um, I've actually ended up self-mutilating in a way where that rejection has been so painful, I've taken it out on myself um, for what men have done to me, whether they've cheated on me, having affairs on me, most of the time, most of my life they've had affairs on me and cheated on me and you might say is that a reflection of me what am I doing wrong or what am I not doing right what am I lacking Um, so those questions automatically come into play when you'll find that your partner has done something that's offended you um, and brought another person into the equation may not have overstepped the margin but in my eyes you've overstepped the margin because I felt like I'm a second best person now so healing healing and getting back into relationship, I'm numb, I feel completely numb, Um, no trust, Uh, but not trusting myself to make a decision, a right decision into letting go of what something may not be completely right for me, what these lessons are in life. This lesson right now for me, I think, is about respecting myself completely. Uh, for where I am at this stage, age fifty, been married three times, um, a twelve-year relationship, a five-year relationship, oh, and the first relationship I was nineteen years old, doesn't really count, and that lasted two years, and I got a child out of that one too. So. I've been married three times. I've been abused, had abusive relationships all the way through. I then found this man, and this man is pucker for me, really. Um, he gets me, doesn't judge me, he's supportive with me, but he has his own issues, all right, and and I understand he's an individual. And when you get in a partnership, you try and help each other out with these issues and you grow together. Okay, so you grow together, you start trusting each other, etc. And then wham! One silly mistake that they've done by contacting a past and bring it into our future has thrown me to question me. And all through questioning me, it's like, he's still there thinking, mm-hmm. thinking that he's still there thinking that We have a relationship still, but in my head, I am mastering a wealth of emotions. And these emotions are, why would I get back with him? If I do get back with him or decide to pursue with him, in my head, it means there might be a sexual encounter. And this is the problem that I have because now I'm under the understanding because the trust has gone and I understand giving someone a chance to grow individually because we are great friends and you're never ever going to change the friendship because it was there first so the rest is just, you know... Part of, 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 of a loving relationship is, is, is to be intimate And it's that intimacy I am struggling with now because my body at this age is changing. So the fact that my body is changing and I'm left with this dilemma of, gosh, I don't know about this man now, but I do adore him. But I think we could work on it. But it means if I had to be intimate, I'm in the position where I was absolutely upset having to have this thought in my mind of I better go to the shop and buy a condom. It then needs to, to me to say, this is degrading for me to have to lay down with a partner of four years and then suddenly start asking him to wear a condom because I'm afraid I'm afraid of getting something based on his decisions, or poor choices, should I say. Poor choices that even though he hasn't played the field, he still contacted another female. And it was the contents of that conversation and previous memories that I have of previous conversations that's left me to not want to be a sexual object. The other thing that I want to talk about is that I realize that my vagina, I don't like my vagina and the reason why I don't like my vagina is because, or anything about it above it, is because it's always been used as a tool and men have abused me since I was a child upwards and that vagina has always been their game, and I've always used it as a way of winning over men or trying to be, when I was realising I've been the other woman, try to sort of sort of say, no, you want to be with me, so you've given the best of you, and yet they have no intentions of staying with you, so you've given away your intimate part, also the rape and all of those things come... Play. and it's very difficult to switch off triggers anyway flashbacks to to deal with the flashbacks is hard enough as it is and when you're laying down in the bed with someone and you think you're, you're they're all that's great um, that helps you master through the flashbacks but and you're able to just say no you're not going to come in between me and what I have right here but what's happened now is he's actually brought somebody else into the equation, which is now making me question everything. But sexually, I'm putting up a defense. So I don't feel that, I I said to myself, I found myself saying this morning, after being upset uh, about the whole situation, that perhaps I should just tell him I have probably no means of wanting to sleep with him right now. And then he would have to make a decision or whether or not he wanted to be with me or not because I'm I'm not prepared to risk my life on somebody that doesn't have their life stable but I was upset of having to take my mind to my tool and asking and question what is my value within without my tool and what does it mean if I don't give another man sex? Or I don't give man sex. What does it mean now? All the worries and concerns of having to lay down with a man so he doesn't go elsewhere. I've been doing that. And it's still never been good enough. Never been good enough. The options are there to entertain me. And it's... It's always been a... Why don't you want me? Why, I don't feel that passion um, like I have done with all the men that have abused me in the past and uh, where they would, I don't know, they were just completely different um, in the way they handled me and handled my body. And the person I'm with now, he's the most intimate guy that I've known, the way he handles my body and handles my mind and handles my handles me with care. And that's what I like about him. And I lay down with somebody that, nourishes my body do you know what I mean and now he's just upset God. because now I feel that the booty call the previous booty call that he had before I met him has been in this picture three times now before I met him then the ex used to say he did it with her and that now I've caught him doing it with me twice with the same woman or girl, should I say and I feel completely degraded and it's questioned everything and my body is my temple and the choice that I'm left with right now is tell him or just leave it because he will have to make up his decision on his own whether he's getting nourished or not. And at this stage, there's no nourishment going on. So I think as a man, he's going to make that choice for himself. Me, I've already made the choice. I've shut it down. And that's sad, because I deserve to be nourished and loved. And I'm not prepared to invest my energy into people that don't appreciate me. But even if I was to split up with him, That means I have a choice to be on my own or get involved in another relationship and then apply all of this emotion into someone again. I can't I'm emotionless now. You know? I just want to see the beauty in life. I'm not I can't even bother see the beauty in people anymore. I just want to see the beauty in my life. And when it's negative, I don't want it. And this sex thing and my tool and my vagina I should be able to love it, but I don't love it. And when I see that my, my, I know it sounds bold, I've got me talking, but I'm being honest. When I see that my pubic hair is growing back, it just shows me and confirms and validates just how much I am not getting attention from this person. And then it makes me think, What have we got together that's keeping us together? And then I reflect on his life and I reflect on my life and I realise I've just been nurturing him and wiping his backside the whole time. So this devaluation that he has done on me has made me structure my life. It's made me feel alone for quite a long time. So I'm able to sort of muster through this Emotion better than what I ever have done in my entire life because normally when I break up in a relationship I end up self-harming I'm, or drinking and I find myself wanting alcohol um, to mask this emotion um, but knowing that it's a downward spiral so this emotion that I'm feeling rather than self-harm is coming out in these podcasts and talking to people Um, yes I cry and I cannot afford to cry and people don't understand that it takes three to four days for you to get your to get up again to to um, get your head clear Uh, again it's draining it's Dangerous to have that depressed, that state of depression where you're crying all the while. And I've had a relapse before, a couple of times, but I've had a mental breakdown, which is different to the relapse, which is the most, the part of the relapse is recognizing the behavior, continuing with this bad behavior, drinking and self-harm and all of that. But that's relapse. But the breakdown. Is something that you're not in control of and therefore requires sectioning for your own safety and I cannot afford to have a breakdown so I'm talking I'm trying to figure out the ultimate decision and choices are mine I understand that and but it's those choices that I should never have to make I shouldn't be in this position At my age now, and at this level of almost commitment that I've given to someone, I shouldn't, at this stage, be having to um, make changes or adjustments to my life like this. It should have been, I've got everything I want, I've got the man that I want, I've got no complaints in life and everything's going swell. But now it's like, I've got to make a choice. Stay here, work it through be on my own or start again and see what comes along with someone else and I'm not prepared to go down that road with someone else and many want to hear many of you ladies saints I've been I've been all separated for for eight years I can understand the separation Um, for however many years somebody said they've been separated as long as they've not had another man then I can comprehend what does that feel like being that away from a man that long but if you're having these moments of which is what I could do with him now just a bit of sex here and I'll see you as and when I see you if I'm having that, and I am still consider myself as a single person really just having a booty call really in it as and when, with no emotional attachment in it. Um, I can't do that for myself. I've tried that. I've tried that. And I think for me, um, I feel used um, because I've had that my whole entire life. And I say all that, it's precious. Um, I'm not horny, um, if sex crosses my mind, I do think about perhaps self-pleasuring, and then I feel disgusted about thinking about that, I feel disgusted and I feel dirty, it makes me want to go in the bath and scrub myself all over again, and I don't want to feel like that because a man has done this to me, um, so it's very difficult. when people say oh you're attractive I don't feel it they make me feel ugly they make me feel completely ugly inside and out and I know I'm a beautiful person inside and out but they don't see the value and nurture that and water that they'd rather pick the nettles over the beauty of the flower so earlier, I'd done a podcast about them stinging nettles, and in my opinion, not only did he sting himself, but he certainly stung me by his actions. And I'm maybe it, it is a big deal for me, simply based on the past mistakes, and I'm not prepared to continue to keep making these mistakes for myself or allowing someone to make them for themselves so I've confronted the issues but I've not confronted about my emotions because he's not prepared to sit down and talk to me he hasn't said anything to me he's acting as if nothing's happened Um, and I talked about this earlier and I know it's shame he's feeling so the best if I don't mention it then I can feel better so that's probably how he's looking at it quick escape route Um, but um, you're not talking about this nourishment or you're not nourishing me, avoiding me since you have left here you've been kind of avoiding me whether or not you're saying I just figured you want space, that one that old chestnut, you give me space. I can keep taking that space and I'm having lots of space, but I'm wondering. My brain is wondering, my heart is wondering, and I'm just not getting the communication to even resolve any of this situation where I feel that I've lost my self esteem. I've lost my mojo now. I'm trying to look presentable with my clothes and hair um, but I had an online disco where he was a DJ as you know and I didn't even get a compliment it's like I didn't exist so it's just a waste of energy a waste of time looking good for somebody else I know you're supposed to be doing it for yourself and I do do it for myself but what you want to hear is compliments. Um, and I already feel worthless because they made me feel worthless, and it's affecting my moods. It's affecting my mood swings. It's a, a very unbalanced time. because it's just rocked my
2: whole world and so I'm unbalanced and I know I've got to press on but it's left me unbalanced.
0: It's One of the things that they said with my diagnosis which I I just don't believe at the end of the day it's a diagnosis, I think at the end of the day it's something that everybody experiences when they have uh, break up in a relationship or find out that somebody's been playing away or doing something that they shouldn't be doing I think that
2: affects everyone not people with mental health everybody
0: and so I don't think it's down to the only difference where it would be for me as or others like me as opposed to somebody that's not not ever had any child abuse or anything like that is that somebody there would feel oh my god my world is ended, and they might fall into depression but they certainly wouldn't think about ending their life and they wouldn't and they certainly wouldn't think about harming themselves uh, physically and um, where i used to do that but one of the things that i know the difference with people like that is that they will fall into Pressure and some of it they will even stop eating or overeating so it's all the same thing about self-harming and recognizing the self-harming within what you do with yourself but he he i don't want to self-harm
2: but sometimes just like you just can't even stop it you can't stop it because you just You just know that with this um, lockdown as well, you just think, oh, my God, this is your life now, <laughs> not by choice, but by somebody else who made a choice for you. <laughs> and so it's just turned my world upside down to think, oh, God, not again, I've got to start again. <laughs> and I don't want to start again. man. And so I'm just, I never wanted to talk about my partner in the way I'm talking about my partner. I don't want to disrespect anybody, but one
0: person's actions
2: affect other people.
0: And they don't see the aftermath because they're able to run away from it. And so it's people like yourself
2: that will pick up the phone and give me time to talk. And so instead of talking to him, I'm talking to everybody else just to stay alive. Because I feel worthless. And I'm not worthless, I know that. And I'm just talking through the emotion.
0: And it's just an emotion, it will pass. And I just have to plan for tomorrow, and which I do, but I still have to muster through these emotions of this sexual content, and this this relationship that I have with my vagina. <laughs> and myself, <laughs> that this time, my vagina doesn't get to control me does that make sense to you? it doesn't get to control me not this time I'm in control so everything that men have taught me how to win the
2: how what to do all of these things from the child abuse onwards they've all taught me to use my body to put things right and I'm not going to do that this time (laughs) because I know now because this man has taught me how to be alone that my body doesn't matter so I know I don't have to use that tool to win anyone over, I just need to understand to live without that tool and live within myself and my mind and be at peace with me and my body if I make any sense to you that's
0: enough talking for me but if that made sense what I'm saying mm-hmm. um,
2: recognising Many people lay down with people to make up with people, and they don't really want to do that, but they do it
0: because that's what they've been trained to do. And on this time, I'm untraining all this learned behaviour that I've learned because people have taught me to be a certain way and a certain image, and and, and how to I should protect my body and my private parts, and. I'm not going to let them do this to me anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm taking it back. I'm taking back my self-worth, but I am a woman with a voice. And they can hear me and they'll feel me indirectly. My absence will say it all. And I'm not about to cave in. Emotionally over words, but that ain't gonna change anything until he changes who he who he has become and better's himself. He's just a friend now. Um, I keep telling myself that because I'm training myself that way. I suppose it lessens the the the, uh, the greedy part of is this relationship over or not? I don't know. I don't know because it's it's the expectation of 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 it now isn't it i wasn't giving we wasn't having intimacy that often not frequently and i felt unloved i felt unnurtured i felt god why doesn't he take me and kiss me in the afternoon? Why does it have to be... Why does a man only want to take you to bed in the evening and then put his hand on you when you're in the bed? What happened to all fucking day? Excuse my French. What happened to all day? You know what I mean? Um, What happened to planning? Why does it always have to be me planning to try and nurture the relationship? So I've decided to make a stand. (laughs) I ain't nurturing nothing but me from now on. that was difficult but I'm i said it I mustered out what the problem is and what I was doing through this conversation and what I've done previously was to use my body and I'm not going to use my body to win anybody's affection to please them in any shape or form because I want to fix the relationship if that can't happen So, it cannot happen. So... Well done. I am just taking my time, surrounding myself, this is how I'm mustering through it, surrounding myself with positive people, relying on people, and allowing people to support me through this difficult time. And that's the key element, allowing people to support me and not be ashamed of the things that I want to say, specifically when it's personal, to not be ashamed of something that we all are in possessive of. We all have these elements of our bodies, you know? Um, But particularly women, I'm talking to women that, women and men, and this happens to men too, that have been abused. Um, My message, would be of one of which I've just said, muster it out and see your self worth and value. And um, that's not for me to put implement anything into anyone's head, it's just for them to have to muster it out, and see their self worth and their value. Your body is your temple, and without a man can't operate without a woman, you know. And maybe he'll move along until he finds someone to give that to him, but you know. <laughs> My um, my personality is more important than my uh, vagina, I'm afraid. And as I get older, see, the worst of it is because I had problems down below a little bit, um, which one I had to share with him as well, getting an understanding. That made it ten times worse to think. It added to everything. So I'm supposed to be going to the doctors and sorting this and sorting that
2: out, and I can't even do any of it because... I'm self-sabotaging even that medical treatment I know I am and I just like I don't care anymore I'm not saying I'm going to give up I know I've got to continue I've just got to the point where I just I'm exhausted through life. I'm exhausted through life, and what it keeps chucking at me. I really you think you and I put post up the other day. You can have all
0: that, you can have have everything in the world that you want, all the materialistic stuff, the people around you, and still feel lonely.
2: And still feel lonely. But when you're enriched with love around you and care and nurture around you, you feel so in love with the world and the people around you. But when you get knocked back like this, it makes you question everything. And then you can see people trying to pull you up and say, come on, Kerry, we love you. And it makes you think, You don't want to let them down, so you live on for them. You don't even live on for you anymore. You live on for everybody else, (laughs) because they're relying on you. And I just want to... I just want a duvet day, and I'm afraid to have a duvet day. I'm afraid to have a duvet day and just just do nothing because I know I can't afford to do it. Because I don't want the breakdown. So these days are difficult. They're very difficult. (sighs) But... Tomorrow's another day and I have plans I don't even know what they are and I'm losing time so I know that I'm under pressure where well, I mean I'm losing time, I'm losing track of time I'm losing the days and and I, and I can't afford to I cannot afford to. <laughs> I don't need any antidepressants because not a single antidepressant is going to cure what I have to get through.
0: And it's like I said, it's a grieving pro- process. Of once there was love, uh, now it becomes lust. I so said, also, let's go backwards. It started with lust become love. The love became something different, which you, out of love. It's not the love that you ever expected. It's like there's a different kind of love, which was show nice treatment. Until just that one bombshell, you know? And it's just
2: enough is enough. And why should he have any more chances? I didn't give my husband a, a chance. I didn't even give them a chance. I gave up on my marriage because I wanted some self-worth and I didn't even work it through but I felt it wasn't worth working through because they wouldn't change the routine and the record and then I felt I was in competition with uh, different species, let's put it that way I felt
0: I was in composition with too many species and and I just didn't want to be the other people anymore. I didn't want to be the other woman. I didn't want to be in competition with other people or, or play them games anymore with my body again. And I just look at
2: that lifestyle. I look at the life all mustered around alcohol. And I look at this lifestyle it's not mustered around alcohol because it's the one thing I removed so I can save my relationship. The one that I nourish. And I removed the alcohol. And he knew I removed the alcohol. Just so I could better everything.
0: And so I didn't be aggressive. And I didn't use it as self-harm. And I could see behind the bloody bottle. And I could dance and enjoy life. And, and things like that. Without alcohol. So I saw the booty walking beside him. Without alcohol. and um, But now
2: I want to turn back to it. And I know I can't, but the
0: thought process is still there because it's still like, you know, I'm I'm still in recovery, so I'm trying not to use any of that stuff that I was self-harming for. So I know that I've made progress. I know, but on the research side of it, because that's how I look at my life as research. Look what you were doing before to look for the change now and know that is a positive. You ain't self-harming. You were picking up alcohol, though. Although I have had. Um, drink in the past couple of weeks um, but not excessive and I'm in control of it it's not in control of me but I have noticed it creeping back so um, I know that's not the answer so I just want the feeling that this emotion to go away It will, it will. I'll, I'll learn from it, I'll grow from it, I'll move from it. And I'll teach other people from it. Even this today, I will teach someone from it to value their body. And I will still have to apply. No matter what I speak, is action to my life. You can't just talk it and not walk it. So... The decisions and choices I make for my body have to be about me mentally and physically, not about him. I can't feel sorry for him or stay in a relationship for him or for us. I can only do it if I want to. and Right now, I don't want to make any decisions I'm just walking through my days and the decision will be made for me. Does that, does that make sense? I do not be hasty. I just want to comprehend what's going on with my, my mind, my body, and make sure that I don't use my body as a weapon to think it's going to solve our relationship problems. So that was me about my vagina. Thank you for (laughs) listening. No, I mean, I'm not
1: going to compare or add in that respect because this was, you know, your moment to share. However, there were several things that I kind of picked up throughout, you know, what you were saying. And um, as we know, that our conversations are not just to work things out for ourselves, but also to be informative and so others, um, you know, learn as well in, in that respect so they don't feel like they're alone and yeah. that they're, they're the only person going through that feeling or to have ever felt that way yeah. so what I'd like to share with yourself is just a little bit and it might just sort of bring things to a sort of a natural close um, but ending on a positive note Okay. so what I sort of looked at was I compare the end of relationships or friendships um, to a loss and we go through a sense of grieving, and within that grieving, um, they, I, I I've always known that there there were more than one stage of how we grieve. So there are five stages of grieving. Um, number one is denial or disassociation. You know, we we no like you said, you, you step away from the situation and you never longer to want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, or bewilderment. Where you're very much like yourself, so this is the two sides of the coin in regards to your, you know, sort of partner that you're thinking about, the person that's with, and yourself. So I feel like the person you was you currently, you know, with and what you're making, of, what you're talking about, what you're talking about, they've done the disassociation, and you're sort of dealing with a moment of bewilderment. So number two is anger, where both parties in the relationship or feel moments of anger through looking back at what went wrong and where they could have potentially um corrected it and then we do a bit of scapegoating or what we would call blame where we'll we point fingers at the other person in the relationship and we look at where they made it go wrong. Yeah. Number four is despair or dis or depression. Yeah. Again, which is what you've spoken about. Um yeah. and number five, um, which is kind of not um where you feel better about yourself but they call it a, where you come to a moment in your life where you learn to accept so number five is acceptance yeah and that's just acknowledging the situation probably you, know, you can't do very much about it um you know on your own without the other person and you're right with that at that point you know it doesn't mean it's resolved but you're okay with it mm-hmm. and then following on and it this again just ticks um a few more boxes and um Sort of shows your thought processes and that this is a completely natural thing um that we all go through when it comes to loss and the end of relationships like i said and the next bit is just 12 steps of overcoming addiction mm. so the first one is admitting that one not one cannot control one's addiction or compulsion recognizing a greater power that can give strength number three Examining past errors with the help of a sponsor or friend or experienced member or a trusted person that you can talk to, for example. Mm -hmm. Number four is making amends for these errors. Mm -hmm. Number five is learning to live a new life with a new code of behavior. Number six is helping others. So, you know, working through these steps is actually amazing, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's, it's really, yeah, it's very much, it's really interesting. Um, Number seven is um, asking, sort of, or working through your shortcomings and learning how you can become a better person. Yep. Um, Number eight is making a list of the things and emotions and our triggers. So, we can identify them. Mm-hmm. Number nine, again, is to, to try and make amends with people wherever possible, um, except when it would either injure or hinder them or yourself. Mm-hmm. Number 10, continue to take personal inventory. That just means checking on how you feel, basically, mm-hmm. and um, doing something about it when you don't feel right yep Yep. Yeah, number 11 is to internalize your feelings analyze review perhaps meditate or pray mm-hmm. and number 12 is having an awakening and looking at the steps that you can take in order to repair yourself and then uh-huh. carry your message to others that so they can also find sort of hope um from your words and your feelings so, you know, just looking at those two stages of what they would say, you know, grief is, you know, and working you know, working through these processes, I feel you very much pretty much covered, you know, those yep. those steps in that um, respect. Yeah. And that's
0: what the open talk was all about, and that's what we created to be open and honest and I think we apply those actions by taking the initiative. I'm doing what I do on the team and that is to speak openly and honestly without shame and without blame and you know there are blame of elements there because they it happened however we have to learn to forgive and know that it's just part of um, the process and learn to heal in a direction where you take ownership of your own self and the actions of yourself and others because you have to protect yourself and I believe that those 12 steps is exactly what we do on the tin and as far as those 12 steps, those 12 steps are used in AA um, within reason, very similar and I've never thought of myself as recovering alcoholic ever Mm. but I can see I use it as a crutch Mm. Um, and it's very dangerous because it just makes you feel a whole different sense of giddiness and you're not happy with it
1: Mm.
0: It's, it's, it's just that I don't care about the world when you go to that bottle so avoiding that alcohol is very key when you're feeling low and I do say to people you know try and revo- avoid the alcohol uh, replace it with something else and I do practice what I say on the tin however I'm hooming it's called falling off the wagon um, but having and looking at the, the reflection of why have you fell off the wagon is there an alternative to that bottle so I've been doing a lot more talking a lot more listening to people A lot more trying to be involved in other stuff and getting to even open myself up to receiving new friendships Mm. and understanding where they're actually breathing more life into me about relationships as Mm. as well. And it's making me validate everything that I'm doing to say, Kerry, you're still on the right journey. You're not doing anything wrong, but you really are. Taking control of your body and most of all, your mind, mm. and that's a bloody mind of a matter, isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Indeed. So, I feel good now. I got a bit emotional in there, that's because I'm really reaching over traumatic stuff, but that's um expected. Um, I don't expect to float back, back, back and forwards into my past because. There's so many different segments of it, but when I draw into the sexual side of it, um, I've just summarised it as to say, I've been letting people abuse my body far too long. And now, it stops. And I am now going to nurture my body and my mind and stop thinking of others that I have to give away something that's so valuable something that they were willing to go to get freely from somebody else there mate, go somewhere else you know what I mean if you have to because I'm just not about to sell myself down the river to keep a relationship I'm not that's my that's my private part that's 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 something um valuable and I'm not about to sell it cheap just because I feel insecure about my relationship right now so that for me on this conversation has just validated what I need to do is just continue to be me, flourish I'm civil with the person I've accepted it and and I don't know where it's going but I'm just riding out my days as if I'm um, carrying on, keep calm and carry on. Simple, keep calm, carry on. And you don't know what the universe is gonna bring, how it's going to bring, whether it's going to bring a change in someone where they really are learning the lesson or whether we will dwindle off and, not, and, and just remain the way we are now. I don't know, who knows? Only that will find its, muster itself out in the days ahead it really will because it takes two and every reaction gives an action and if there, if that action isn't there then there certainly will be a reaction the other end do you know what I'm saying mm. so um, I've had a good conversation thank you once again um, this is my blog I love to blog so people can use it as research um, one of the things that I will say to people and I don't want people to look at me and say oh my god she's crazy my diagnosis is emotionally unstable personality which does consist of impulsive behaviour and everything that's already written about me being being impulsive and I've been an impulsive person before but I find that talk therapy is amazing It, it it works wonders and gives you opportunity to just talk, muster through things, even difficult things, but come up with something solid before you even finish the conversation, which has just lifted and lightened my mood. So, thank you. Is there, um, And thank you for sharing uh, the 12 steps. And I hope somebody takes something from this and know your self-worth and know know that if, if, if my final word is you deserve to have a life of happiness but that happiness has to come from within and nobody can feel that not even another person can do that that happiness has to come from within full stop but every now and again life teaches you new tricks new lessons and everything even this I know is for purpose even this sometimes people are removed out of your life so you can see things clearer and reflect on things or maybe the lesson in life for them being removed is because of them and because of what they've done and so maybe they've been removed because of their actions So the universe has a way of separating people when hurt comes across, when um, somebody is being hurt. So if you don't want to be separated from someone, then don't hurt them.
1: Yeah. And um, I've just been sitting here kind of thinking of my kind of closing words, final word, final thoughts. And um, the end of the grieving process is hope. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, hope stands for hold on pain
0: ends. That's really nice. Let's leave that there. say Say it one more time and then I'm going to... End so. of the book, so I'll say goodbye now. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you, Mind Over Matter. Very thank
1: you very much, Kerry, for sharing your feelings, your thoughts on your journey of life. And again, my final thoughts is that at the end of the grieving process, we find faith and we find hope. And my anag- an- sorry, analogy for hope is hold on, pain.